Understanding the Times, next on Abounding Grace. If you haven't come to the collusion, you're one of those maybe watching online, listening on, on the radio, like, you know, it's still all prophecy, prophecy. You guys at Calvary are all into prophecy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've just been listening lately, and that seems like all you're talking about is prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. You know, what, what is this? And, and it's like, are you not convinced yet that the Bible is true and that his word is true? And that we're watching things unfold that even the disciples wanted to know about. Even the disciples wanted to see what you and I are seeing today. And I do believe prophecy is important. And you're right. If you think of our church as into prophetic, you're right. We're not only into the prophecies of God, but we're also in God speaking forth his word in a dynamic way to minister to us right now in the moment. This is amazing grace. Hello again, and welcome to Abounding Grace, a ministry of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. While many won't touch prophecy with a 10-foot pole and others are arguing about it, God wants us to understand the times. And today on Abounding Grace, we'll set out to do that as our study of Daniel resumes. In Matthew 24, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the time of the end. And we're going to camp out there today and tomorrow. So if you're ready, let's dive into it. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Daniel chapter 12, and also Matthew chapter 24. Daniel chapter 12, and Matthew chapter 24, in a Bible study that I've entitled, Understanding the Times, Part 1. Understanding the Times. Ignorance is defined as the lack of knowledge or the lack of information. Ignorance means to just simply not know something. I know it gets used in a negative way. You're ignorant and, and really sometimes people are actually using it to, to, as a replacement for the word dumb. But the word ignorance doesn't mean dumb. The word ignorance means lacking information, not knowing something. And it's interesting in the Bible that not only is the Bible a revelation of the nature and the character of God to us, but also the Bible is a revelation of knowledge that we need to know. There are things that we need to learn that culture shouldn't teach us, that the school system shouldn't teach us, that, that the society norms shouldn't teach us, but that God through his Holy Spirit wants to teach us from the Bible. And actually there are three things in particular that the Bible emphasizes where God says in the old King James, he uses the phrase, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant. In the New Living Translation, which we've been using in our study in Daniel, it talks about understanding these things that God doesn't want you to be ignorant of, or these things that God wants you to understand. Number one, he wants you to understand spiritual gifts. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities or the spiritual gifts that God gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. 
God wants us to understand the power and the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He wants us to grow in that understanding and grow in that submission. That He doesn't want us to approach our relationship with God like we approach other things, like, like we've been taught. I can do this and I'll be... No, he wants us to approach it with no God will do it for us and in us and through us. And he will supernaturally, supernaturally, above and beyond our knowledge and our ability and our talents and even our acquired knowledge, God will supernaturally empower us and equip us and use us to accomplish his will on the earth. Don't be ignorant. Don't misunderstand spiritual gifts. Number two, God doesn't want us to be ignorant about his plan and purpose for the nation of Israel. In Romans chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of the Gentiles comes to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved, as the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he'll turn Israel away from ungodliness. I don't want you to, I, I don't, listen, believers, followers of Christ, God says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. Don't misunderstand this. God has an eternal purpose and plan for Israel. And what you're seeing now is a temporary blindness until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And you find that there's great debate and argumentation over spiritual gifts. And there's great debate and argumentation over the nation of Israel. And I wouldn't see, even say there's great ignorance over spiritual things. And there's great ignorance over God's plan for Israel. And thirdly, God doesn't want us to misunderstand the end times. The rapture of the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. I don't want you to be ignorant about how the end times will come to a close. I want you to know, God says. I want you to know of spiritual gifts so that you will learn to depend upon me. And I want you to learn about God's plan, my plan for Israel. I see God saying so that you'll learn to trust in me. And I want you to learn about the end times. Listen, this is very important. Take these notes. Maybe this is a new time to reset how you sit through Bible study and take notes. God says, I want you to know about the end times because I want you to look for me. I want you to look for me. I want you to find me. I want you to hasten my coming. I want you to want me to return. And of course, in the church today, these are the things that everyone's arguing about. And neglecting. And the, the root issue is that we're not, that we're ignorant, that, that we refuse to listen, to receive. And so we would rather argue about things than do what's necessary to submit ourselves to God. And I think you can make a case for that for a lot of things in our lives, where instead of just dealing with the facts that are in front of us, we'd rather make it an argument. We'd rather get in a fight. We'd rather have some kind of superiority instead of showing preference to one another, uh, even in the body of Christ. And the question today for us is, are you ready? Do you see the times in which you live? Or do you understand the times? Do you have a grasp of the days in which you live? 
even now. And you'll remember now in Daniel chapter 12, just by way of review, it says at that time, this is verse 1, the, Michael the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise. Then there'll be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Now, I think we're going to spend some time in a future study just on that verse. The value and the beauty and the joy of living an evangelistic life. That living in such a way where you realize your role as in this culture is to share the love of Jesus Christ, both practically and verbally. And there's a great reward where those who are wise will shine as bright as the day. Those who lead many to righteousness are going to have this everlasting shining eternally. To know that someone's eternal life has been dramatically changed because of you. Not just pastors. Not just evangelists. Not just elder spiritual leaders. All of us have the responsibility and that, that's, that's encouraging in and of itself. The last days. This is said in the context of the last days. And remember we learned that the last days began at the day of Pentecost. Because at the day of Pentecost, Peter took that opportunity of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and the indwelling of the Spirit in, in and upon the believers. And, and the, the beautiful birth of the outward work of the church. Peter says these this is what's happening. God said this was going to happen. God said in the last days, he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit. You go, what do you mean the last days? Yeah, right here. You see it right here. And it began. And now here we are, have been living in the last days for 2,000 years. And of course, that bumps people out. You go, wait a minute. If everybody believed the last, that, that they're living in the last days, then, then why should we live that way if every generation has come and gone and come and gone? And, you know, my grandmother was talking about that. And, and there's this note in the big Bible that my grandpa was talking about. And now here we are, another generation. But listen, anyone that chooses to live as if the Lord is coming back at any time will benefit from living a holy and a righteous life. You will benefit. You will not benefit living for yourself spiritually. You will not benefit only thinking for yourself. And we have the last days upon us. You notice he says in verse 4, so what Daniel was given, that we've taken all this time to study, you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book. Until when? The Bible says the time of the end. When many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. Jump down to verse 9. But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed. Until when? The time of the end. And many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness. And none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. The wicked will continue in their wickedness. And as discouraging as it is to see wickedness abound, it's not unusual. And it's not a surprise. And I know had I not been born again myself, 
I would have been a wicked man continuing in my wickedness. And I don't know exactly how it would have ended. I don't think it would have ended very well. The path and the projectile of my life. But God can save a wicked man like me. He can save wicked men and women today. God can save a rebellious person like some of you. Stiff-necked and unwilling. Then God can still do that work today. And there's still hope. So let's flip over now to Matthew chapter 24 because Jesus prepared his followers for the times of the end. And this is known, if you're taking notes, as the Olivet Discourse as the chapter here is an answer to a series of questions. Notice in verse 1, as Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth. They will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Now, hold your place in Matthew. Turn real quick over to Luke chapter 21. In Luke 21, we have questions that were asked. And we could put those together. But notice in Luke 21, pick up with me in verse 24. Jesus told them the temple would be destroyed. They wanted to know when. And the, the question of when the temple would be destroyed is here. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, and you will know that the time of its destruction has arrived. And those in Judea must flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem must get out. They must get out. And those in the country should not return to the city. Now notice Luke 21 verse 7. Teacher, they asked, when will all this happen? And what sign will show us that these things are about to take place? So they're looking at the temple. They're wondering when's this, well, what's going to happen here? Jesus gives them the answers. You put the gospels together and he's pointing out the various temple buildings and he says, look at all this. It's not going to stay. This, this is not going to last. And they say, well, when's it going to happen? And what's the sign? What's the sign of the end? What's it going to look like? How will we know? And as I mentioned earlier, how will you know? Like, like it's almost as if as you are watching the news and captivated, maybe overwhelmed, maybe frustrated, maybe angry, maybe worried, maybe fearful. Uh, all the emotions that are coming up by what we're seeing happen in the world today. Just being able to watch and keep on abreast of everything that's happening. One of the things you need to look for is where things line up biblically and prophetically. And understand the times in which you live. And, and it's as if each time we have these studies, if you're not convinced yet, what will it take to convince you? If, if you haven't believed, if you haven't come to the collusion, you're one of those maybe watching online, listening on, on the radio, like, you know, it's still all prophecy, prophecy. You guys at Calvary are all into prophecy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've just been listening late, lately, and that seems like all you're talking about is prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. You know, what, what is this? And, and it's like, are you not convinced yet that the Bible is true and that his word is true? And that we're watching things unfold that even the disciples wanted to know about. Even the disciples wanted to see what you and I are seeing today. And as they ask questions, it's a good thing to bring your questions to God. He isn't offended. Jesus is not offended by their questions. He actually chooses to answer them. As they asked questions, they were really searching out the reality of their life. 
And it's important to ask those questions, but also when you ask a question, be willing to accept the answer. Be careful when you're asking questions to expect an answer that's going to be, and then when you don't get it, you get frustrated. You go, well, that's not what I wanted. No, what you want is the truth. What you want is the truth. And we need to be willing to receive the truth. And God is willing to give the truth. And I do believe prophecy is important. And you're right. If you think of our church as into prophetic, you're right. We're not only into the prophecies of God, but we're also in God speaking forth his word in a dynamic way to minister to us right now in the moment. But when it comes to predictive prophecy, the Bible's filled with it. The Bible places a high emphasis on prophecy, which really for us today, the high emphasis that we would place on prophecy is that we would believe God at his word. That we would not doubt God at his word. And, and when doubts come back, we can point back and go, no, look at the first coming of Jesus Christ and the prophetic importance of all that he fulfilled. So, well, you know, I don't really believe. Uh, what we're about to read, you know, I don't really believe it because it's prophecy and it hasn't happened yet. Well, I suggest to you that a lot of it is happening, at least in a prelude to the end times. At least like show you that it's possible for these events to happen with great intensity. But the Bible is filled with prophecy and we trust God at his word. And we've studied this in depth, so I'm not going to go into depth, into depth today because we looked at it before. But consider that over a fourth of the Bible is prophetic and the second coming of Jesus Christ is a popular topic. 1,800 verses is the way they arrange the Bible. Over 1,800 verses speak of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's the dominant theme, the coming, second coming of Christ, or the second coming of Messiah, is the dominant theme in 17 Old Testament books. Prophecy is important. And there are those today that say prophecy is worthless and meaningless. And they'll study other things and leave the prophetic books alone. They might even teach... You might have been in a church or heard a pastor like teach that prophecy. Just don't even, don't even get into prophecy because it's a waste of time. And I just want to say very emphatically with as strong of a voice that I possibly can, prophecy is important to your spiritual life. The word of God is important to your spiritual life. You can't just pick and choose what parts of the Bible you pay attention to. You can't just take, like, like some today, they've taken the book of Revelation and they've made it a big metaphor with no substance. Now again, the book of Revelation is filled with pictures and types, but it was given to a man for a purpose. Even as we consider the culture today, if you just relegate the book of Revelation to just, you can interpret this part, but you don't like that part, and maybe this is true, and maybe, if you approach the Bible like that, then you become the authority. You become, you take something that's authoritative, and you become the authority. Now, you may approach this with, with less important books, like, like you might be re reading a novel, or maybe watching a movie. I know our family has a movie that we just don't like the way it goes. We just don't like the way it goes. It could have ended better. And so we're like up there going, it should end better. Even yesterday, we were saying, it should end better. I don't like this part. As if we made the movie. We didn't make the movie. That's not how the author intended it. 
We may want it a different way. So we'll talk to the TV and we'll be all upset and we'll be mad. Maybe you're reading a novel and you're getting to the last pages and you're like, you think you know how it's going to end and then bam, it ends a different way. And then you get all mad and this is not the right way. I don't want, well, you didn't write the book. So deal with it. It's not your book. You want to write a book? Write a book. But the book in your hand has an author and that author had an intent and even a movie a movie that you're watching was written by and produced and directed for a purpose. That's why they put it out that way. They put it out that way. You, you aren't the authority of that movie. You're not the authority of that novel. And on a much more important part of your spiritual life, you are not the authority of the Bible or the author of the Bible. God is the authority in your life, whether you submit to him or not. And he's the author of the book, whether you believe him or not. You see, truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. You're like, oh, I don't believe that. All right. But you even think of that, you, you think of that absolute statement that's being made, and then your response is, I don't believe that. Well, the statement still stands. And when God makes a statement in his word, he means it. And he loves us so much that he would predict in advance the things that we need to know for the days in which we live. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. He's leading a study from Daniel. You can find our studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com, and they're accessible through our app, too. Do a search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. Pastor Ed, as this year draws to a close, would you talk a little bit about how giving to God's work at Abounding Grace is impacting lives? Well, you know, Larry, we have had an emphasis here at Calvary Church on using technology, the available technology, to the fullest extent from the very beginnings of our church. And one of the tools that we used early on was radio. And then, of course, we, were, we used our web presence, and we used the uh, importance of streaming audio, and then we finally were able to record video, and we've maximized, to the best of our ability, all this technology, and Abounding Grace is a big part of that. Uh, so when all the stuff happens here in 2020, and everyone's going digital, we're already there, and we can flip a switch here and flip a switch there and minister to people both in the building and outside of the building, and a big part of that, of course, is this radio broadcast that is on l virtually around the world. And it is used. It's amazing how God's... I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? That's kind of an understatement. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how God uses His Word, but that's what He promises. He promises that His Word will go forth and it will not return empty. And we're dedicated to teaching the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Um, many, many churches have abandoned the Bible. We have not. And we're going to teach it verse by verse. We're going to say what it says, and we're going to let it mean what it means, and we're not going to water it down. Um, I'm going to teach in love and grace, but I'm going to teach the truth. And so your support of Abounding Grace impacts lives. We've seen salvations this year. We've seen rededications. We've seen the grieving encouraged. We've seen the addicted set free. Uh, we've seen people pass on Abounding Grace to someone else as an outreach tool. I mean, the, we get feedback over and over. And if, if you've been affected by Abounding Grace, email me. Email us. You can email me directly. It comes right to my box, ed 
at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. Ed at edtaylor.org. Or you can go to our website, aboundinggraceradio.com, aboundinggraceradio.com. I'd love to hear how God is using it in your life. It's amazing. And I have to say, God used radio in my life. And still to this day, radio impacts me as I listen to the Word. And it, I'm telling you, man, you turn it on, and just God has a Word for the moment you're listening. So thank you, thank you, thank you, as we come to the end of the year. Merry Christmas to everyone. I so appreciate you thinking of us, praying for us, and supporting us financially if the Lord would lead you. Friend, if you'd like to help us continue this ministry in the year ahead, please stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com, then click on Donate. And thank you for helping us help others learn of God's abounding grace. Here in the month of December, we picked out a timely resource we think you'll enjoy and get a lot out of. It would even make a great Christmas gift. It's called The Case for Christmas. So who was in the manger that first Christmas morning? Not everyone agrees on the answer to that. If he was the divine son of God, how do you know for sure? Well, Lee Strobel investigates in The Case for Christmas, and we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Please make your request by phone at 877-30-GRACE. Set aside another half hour to join us tomorrow when we'll dig deeper into Daniel with Pastor Ed Taylor here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.